one of the big the big things, especially with beginners, is like I got fifty clicks and I didn't make a thousand dollar sale. What's wrong with this? It's all a scam. <laughs> Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up there listeners? Welcome back to Traffic Jam. This is episode number 60. And of course, it's the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. I am your host, as always, James Reynolds, and I want to start this show just by giving a quick thank you to Jimmy Daly, who left a five-star iTunes rating for the show. And he said, I would describe this podcast as action-packed. James brings on really smart guests and asks really smart questions. The result is a high-energy podcast with tons and tons of information. So thank you to you, Jimmy. Really appreciate that glowing endorsement for Traffic Jam. I also want to thank Ferds, Seth and Thomas Dillon who stopped by the episode page for Traffic Jam 58 and joined in on the discussion there. Thank you to you guys. And that is the place that you too, the listener, should be heading off to each time you listen to Traffic Jam. The location for this show's episode page is trafficjamcast.com forward slash 60. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash 60. Zero, And there you'll find a full transcript of today's show. You'll find a downloadable MP3. You'll find episode artwork plus a special bonus that accompanies this show, which in this case is a paid traffic calculator. Now, you'll find out why that is important in just a moment. But right now, I need you to head on over there, download your bonuses and then listen on to the show. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So today we're going to be talking paid traffic with Charles Kirkland, and he's the founder of the Media Buyers Association. And according to Charles' bio, he's fully committed to empowering media buyers to create successful campaigns through real-world education and hands-on training. Charles is a walking, talking, networking blend of credibility and know-how. Now, me and Charles, we've been connected for some time through Masterminds, um, and I know he's a regular listener to the show also. So I thought it was about time we brought Charles onto Traffic Jam to share his pay traffic wisdom and what a lot of that wisdom he has got. I'm sure you're going to love this interview. Charles is hugely passionate about paid traffic and I hope he sparks some of his passion in you too. So I guess that is enough of an intro for today. Let's invite on to Traffic Jam Charles Kirkland from the Media Buyers Association. Hey listeners, welcome back to episode 60 of Traffic Jam and you're right here with me and Charles Kirkland today. Charles, how you doing? Doing good. How's it going? 
It's great. It's great. I'm super excited for today's session. Let's jump right in with some jargon because there does seem to be a lot of sort of terminology swimming around the media buying arena. And you two have coined some of your own interesting terms in the past. Let's do a quick fire round to get started. For each of the following strategies, I'd like you to explain what they are and who should be using them. So first one out of the hat is PPV. What is it and who should be using it? PPV is pop-ups. If you've ever been to a site, you're just browsing around and all of a sudden you get this pop-up, usually about 600 by 800 pixels. And what happens, PPV is basically pop-up. People install adware on the computer and this could be, and it's not the type of, people confuse it with spyware. There's, There's a difference. Adware, you know, you go, hey, I'll get a free weather report because Lord knows we can't look out the you know, the wind didn't see this raining, but, you know, they get a free weather bug, they get free coupons, free shopping, they get free video games. And because of that, they install this little piece of ad where it says you'll see a handful of pop-ups a day. And then when they visit these sites, the people that control the pop-ups will allow people like me and you to bid on it. So let's just say that we want to pop-up on top of WeightWatchers.com because, you know, people are at Weight Watchers for a very specific reason. They're not there because they need wear teeth. Pretty your hair, longer lashes, they're there to lose weight. Because of that, it's called contextual targeting. We're able to target people knowing that they're on a site for a very particular interest. So it's really the power of that is massive. If you're an affiliate and you want to promote like a weight loss product, a fitness product, you can target literally weight loss sites, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, you name it. And the more contextually relevant your ad is or your pop-up to the landing page and the more that your ad looks like the landing page, the higher your opt-in rate. So it's a great way to build a list from affiliate marketing. You can make a lot of sales with CPA. The problem that you get with this is the quality of your prospects aren't exactly the highest. Um, Let's just say that if you just go to Traffic Vance and look at the people who are Game Vance and look at the pictures of the people who are winning these cards, most of them aren't exactly sitting there, you know, they don't have a Bentley in the driveway and they're not dressed in three-piece suits. You're dealing with <laughs> typically like a uh, a very different demographic. So they, they like free gas cards, free games. They have a free mentality, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah. if you're going, hey, I'm going to like fill my, you know, high-end $20,000 per month coaching program with PPV, it will be an utter and epic disaster. Um, typically, these people are like, you know, this is only, they work like general general interest type so fitness weight loss sex regrowing hair you know that kind of stuff make money online great for that kind of stuff it also falls apart if you try to do anything niche oriented like hey i'm going to show you how to build your own um file cabinet with scrap wood made from pallets would be a disaster you know like dog grooming would be a disaster so that is that is that's the top but I say, from the standpoint, if you need 100,000 visitors today, you can go to PPV and you can get it. Right, got it. So we laid the groundwork there. It's a volume market and it's probably not going to be best positioned if you're selling high priced products. Right, Charles, the next one out of the traffic jam hat is CPA. So what's that and who should be using it? CPA really goes as cost per action. And it's you have a variety of CPA networks. And the reality of it is, let's just say that you've got a product. Let, let's say that we've got a product on how to lose weight. We'll call it African mango, acai, green coffee, anything. Just pretend it's the name of our product. What we can do is we can go to these CPA networks and say, hey, you know what? 
I've got a product. I will give you, and, and you have to kind of work out the numbers, but you can say, hey, I will pay you $47 for every sale you make of a $2.95 trial. Now, I know you say, Charles, you're screwed up. You know, you've had too many hits on the head, too much unsweet tea. Those numbers don't work out, but I'll, just, <laughs> just trust me for a minute. So the CPA network says, okay, we've got a product. We'll put it in our network, and we can also distribute it to other CPA companies. So you have what's called the agent of record, which is the, the main CPA company that's, that's you know like basically repping out your product. The beauty of that is it's not for beginners. Um, and it's if you're telling me, Charles, I got like a thousand dollars and I need to figure out whether I need to make my house payment or I need to like buy, you know, sell something on the internet marketing, it's not for you. Um, basically why it's for people that have an advanced system because the power of this. And I know you're saying, Charles, your math is dumb as dirt. Don't ever. I hope you're not an accountant. Don't ever try to do accounting, which I don't. Um, but what happens? Let's just say we're paying forty-seven dollars to the CPA network, and we're selling a two ninety-five trial. The reality of it is, you know, you're making, you're getting a sale for two ninety-five. There, there's a huge issue with the money we're paying out versus what we're about to make. The reality is, once they purchase a product, we can run them through upsells, which we're talking. You know, literally four, five, six, seven hundred dollar upsells potentially. Um, not typically not that high. So we've got upsells. We we can push them through continuity. Once we get a buyer, we can have a rep call them on the phone. Hey, Janet, looks like you're trying to lose weight because you bought the African green mango acai berry. Um, would you like to also get personalized coaching for ninety seven dollars per month? Yes, of course that sounds like a winner. Or you can find out that Janice divorced, recently bankrupt. You can take that data and sell that data to somebody else who will give you a call because they're bankrupt attorneys. Um, the reality of it is once you've got that data, there's so much stuff you can do with it. You know, if she just bought a weight loss product, maybe you can sell her a teeth whitening product. Maybe instead of getting one month of our green African mango acai berry, we can sell her a six month supply of that for two hundred dollars. There's a the reality of it is you're basically paying somebody to get you a buyer. It's your business to basically maximize the revenue of that buyer. And they can do this on a scale of really thousands of buyers per day. Yeah. So again, perhaps more of an advanced strategy. And we certainly got to know our numbers before we dive in with CPA. Good roundup, Charles. Next one out of the hat is Yahoo Stream Ads. What are they? That's beautiful. This this is like the greatest thing since Facebook. The reality of it is, face, the truth of the matter is Yahoo used to be the predominant player. Google kicked them in the tail and took the number one spot. The reality of this is Yahoo still has a massive amount of traffic. And the most important thing to me is they're not the kind of traffic Google has. Um, typically, most people, you know, they we say Google this, Google that. It's a generic term like Kleenex, Xerox, however you want to look at it. The reality is typically the person going to the Yahoo homepage isn't exactly us. You know, um, most of them are your average everyday users, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Yahoo has a particular scenario where they said, hey, we will take what's called a native ad and we will put it in the Yahoo homepage or the Yahoo pages. So you land on Yahoo and you're like scrolling down. There's like, you know, the big list of stuff coming up. And you always see like the strange trick. You know, strange trick men over 50 are using to, um, you know, to and, and they got a picture of a bodybuilder about the size of a tank. Probably had a, probably way too much steroids. But anyway, the reality of it is using Yahoo, we can now, with the native ad format, we can get our ads in, literally into people who are in Yahoo. And I'm just going to tell you, 
the per average person in Yahoo is great. They, they, they seem to be a better buyer. They seem to be a better quality buyer. Where the Google people are like, I know what I want. I want a clean screen. I want to type in what I want and go from there. The Yahoo prospects, Yahoo leads are typically a better quality prospect. Um, and the truth matters, I mean, they're there, they're they're browsing through, they see the content, which is native ads. So at, at that point, they're reading, they click on a link, which appears to be an article. They're reading a link, you know, and men over 50 can now increase their testosterone and how simple it is and the product that can do it and how it was discovered, how it was made. And click a link below, by the way, to go to CPA offer to get your free trial of you know, super testosterone booster 2000. Um, plus, they have the ability to get it into their mobile network. And the big thing that a lot of people aren't really understanding, mobile and desktop are two totally different environments. It's also two different buying paths. Um, you know, when you're in a desktop environment, yeah, you know, you don't mind filling out four, five, six, seven, eight, 12, 15 fields, name, email address, zip code, state, credit card number, all this. When you're in a mobile environment, that's a massive turnoff. I mean, I don't know about you. My fingers aren't that big, and I've got like a big size Apple. I got a big um, iPhone, whatever. It's bigger than the normal thing, and my fingers still like hit everything under the sun. So you need to make sure you have a different path. Make sure that, especially if you're using a um, mobile mobile friendly page, a lot of people end up with desktop native ads building like the content on the left hand side, ads on the right. What's interesting is when it goes into a mobile format, all of a sudden you'll see the stuff that's on the right on top of the article, which will kill your conversions. So definitely, definitely keep that in place. And from the standpoint, if you're doing anything mobile, make sure you understand that the user who has an Android is different from the user who has an, uh, an Apple. And even the operating systems they're using are going to be completely different. You're going to have some people who are the early adapters. When something comes out, they buy it. You also have the, you know, the people like me that, yeah, I'll buy the phone eventually when this one breaks. You know, those are two different buying habits or two different buying cycles. And you need to make sure you're advertising to that particular group. Also, Apple users spend more money than Android users, just as a side note. So, you know, make sure that, you know, that even the device they've got, the, um, you know, whether you've got the latest Samsung or the old Nokia, it doesn't make a difference. All that does make a difference when it comes down to when you target them, they will give you a different ROI. Yeah, nice. Well, we've touched on a few topics that I think I might come back to in a moment or two, but I want to pull out the last term from the Traffic Jam hat. And I believe this might be a Charles Kirkland term. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the term's the traffic death wheel. What's that <laughs> one all about? <laughs> that, that's a good one. A lot of, and it's, it's really weird because when I started thinking about this, one of the biggest issues that people run into is only having one traffic source. And I've talked to people, yeah, we're killing it on Facebook. We got anything else going? Well, well no, but I'm killing it on Facebook, so I, therefore I don't need anything else. The reality of this at the end of the day, if your prospect is – I'm just going to use this. I wish I was a front of work. I'd love to draw this. If your prospect is using Facebook, okay, great. When they – maybe you could communicate with them via email. Okay, if you got them on Facebook or email, could you communicate with them via SMS, text message? Yeah, if you've got the email or Facebook, hey, you know, opt in, it get, becomes another method of communicating with them. If Can you get them to purchase? Yes. Okay. Do you have their full name, their buying data, their home address, their zip code, their phone number? Yes. Have somebody on Odesk. We use a girl on Odesk. She gives our buyers a call and says, hey, this I'm calling from Charles' office. Welcome. 
People freak out over that. We've got automated postcards going out to buyers going, no, I just want to say thank you. You know, not, not enough people ever get to say thank you in their life anyway. So when they get a postcard, it's like you have gone, they get a phone call, a postcard. You've gone above and beyond what everybody else in this space is doing. And it becomes a huge opportunity because now you, even if email blows up, let's just say that um, all of a sudden you can't deliver email because everything has to be triple opted in, can spam compliant. Um, as much as we like to think people on our list would be willing to do that, I guarantee you very few of them would be. Um, so anything happens, all of a sudden you have the ability to do direct mail, which has virtually no competition. SMS text messaging, which lead pages just rolled out. Huge opportunity. Email, Facebook. When Then you start looking at adding in Google retargeting, ad roll. I mean, there is a huge opportunity, but most people end up using one traffic source, and that traffic source eventually will die. No matter how you slice it, how, how you dice it, I know people have thought that days of Google Cash would never end. And I know guys who are literally working a nine to five job because every they made a half million dollars a year with Google Cash. When it blew up, they had nothing else going and they couldn't figure anything else out. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it is. And this is a topic that we do touch on, on on Traffic Jam from time to time. And there's certainly a school of people that say, right, find one traffic source that works and then maximize it. Just ramp it up as much as possible. But you're not giving yourself too much insurance if you're single source dependent. And as you said, it will soon come a time where it either dries up or the rules will get changed and you'll leave yourself high and dry. So certainly worthy advice, Charles. Let's move on from there, though. I want to talk to you a little bit about native ads because it's something that you've mentioned already and it's something that people have been literally waxing lyrical about for this whole past year. What's the scoop on native ads? First of all, what are they? And secondly, do they actually work? Yes, yes, and yes. Native ads are, the, people think they're something new. Unfortunately, they're the same thing that Claude Hopkins and all the old school direct mail guys who I look up to were using. And just, just call it ad camouflage. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, you know, if you walk into a store and somebody runs up to you, can I help you? Yeah, I'm just browsing. I'm just just stand back from me. I'm going to make sure you're in my private space. I don't want. I, I'm just browsing. Okay, that that's how the typical internet marketer comes about with their their stuff. It's like, hey, look at this. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. What's wrong? You're not buying my stuff. Native ads are are completely different. Native ads basically fit into the format of whatever land or wherever you're at. So if you're reading a blog, you're reading content, all of a sudden you see native ads at the bottom or on the side, and native ads are designed to blend in with the content and appear to be content. Now, the magic part of this is when we see ads, we immediately, our defenses go up, and it's like some marketers trying to sell me stuff. I've got people who've left me like literally nasty comments on Facebook calling me everything but a sanctified child of God. People just like send hate emails because you're, you know, I can't believe that, you know, marketers, you, I mean, that people hate marketers as a general. We're not exactly. I mean, we're not as low as a used car salesman, for the, but people don't, <laughs> don't inherently like marketers. Um, and when they see marketing, their defenses go up. But when they see native ad content, which appears to be just more content, they're more inclined to read the content. Their defenses aren't up and the content starts out as content and leads into the re basically creates a lot of pain. You know, basically stabs them, pours salt in the wound. 
Um, and then the wonderful thing about the native ad is it also loads you up in the ambulance, takes you to the doctor and gets you fixed at the same time because the native ad will lead you to buy a new product that you probably didn't even know you needed 10 minutes ago. And a good example of that um, is advertorials. Old school advertorials work great. If you look at some of the original advertorials, they were in magazines. Nobody reads the word advertorial at the top. And if they do, they don't pay any attention. They read the content and they create sales. If you want to look at any, give me an example, like even even Inc. Magazine, Fast Company, if you go through it, you see it says adver, you know, advertisement at the top and it will be laid out as a ad. The reality of it is people consume ads and they go, oh, it's an ad. Native ads, they're reading it. It's so much easier to sell. And if you want to look at even just more proof positive here, not that I would ever recommend you doing a fake ad call of flogs, fake blogs, whatever you want to call them. The why they work so incredibly well is if you read the story of stay-at-home mom makes seven thousand five hundred dollars, you know, per week, per month, whatever, is because it was presented in a story format. These advertorials and the native ads are presented typically into a story format and people will read stories. People can read stories and recite stories where they could not recite an ad. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's pretty apparent even this far in Charles that there's plenty of places where we can buy media and lots of ways we can go about it. For someone who's kind of brand new and and getting started, I'm I'm sure this can be quite overwhelming and I know you've got experience teaching others how to do it. Where do you suggest that someone doing paid traffic, doing media buys get started for the very first time? It's really going to depend on your niche because there are some niches that are more family friendly. Let's just leave it at that family friendly than others. If you're just going to say, hey, I'm, I'm wanting to get started. You need to, if you try to come onto Facebook and use like a weight loss, especially before and after weight loss um, landing page or ad, they will pretty much kick you to the curb, blacklist your account and tell you, you know, tell you I don't want your money regardless of what. Um, so if you say or if you came into Good example. If you go into AdWords and say, I've got to make money online, business opportunity, affiliate marketing thing, they're probably going to say no to that. Not probably. They are. The key is it's going to really depend on your niche. Um, Every niche is different. Like if you're into finance, you can do great with Facebook. If you're into weight loss, Facebook's probably not going to be your answer. You need to really look like for like fitness, weight loss, business opportunity, make money online, Internet marketing, that type stuff to generally as a as a general rule would be better off using ppv to do your first media buy like somewhere like lead impact media traffic probably media traffic because lead impact i think has a thousand dollar like buy-in to get started with so i'd say media traffic um if you were doing something like hey i've got a product i own a business and i'm trying to promote it then i'd say start with adwords gives me the best quality traffic you're going to find from a because they're searching they need a solution to the problem the issue that you'd have to fight with, AdWords is a very mature traffic source. So you're going to really be, you pay a lot of money per click. So you better have a deep funnel, a deep back end, know your numbers. Facebook still has plenty of traffic and it's, it's getting, it's definitely gotten a lot more expensive, but they've got plenty of traffic and they're very easy to use as long as you're not in what they call, you know, some of their band or, or un, unfamily friendly type niches. So if you can't start with Facebook, if you can't go to AdWords from there, PPV. Also keep in mind that once you get started, the magic is 
is really in the numbers. It's okay. Why is your tracking telling you, or, or the people converting? Because a lot of people make the mistake. Let's just use Facebook. They've got a they've got a lead page, landing page. They've got a lead page, sales page, and then they've got a thank you page. A lot of times, people end up going. Charles is not working. Did you get any clicks on your Facebook ad? No. Okay. Well, you can't tell if it's working or not. Did you get clicks on the Facebook ad? Yes. Okay. That at least tells you your Facebook ad is working. Did they opt into your landing page? Your, let's just say that we're using a squeeze page. Well, no. Okay. That means there's a disconnect between them clicking the ad because apparently they clicked the ad at Facebook. It had to, it had to appeal to them some way, shape, or form. If they're not opting in, we need to sit down and say, okay, what's wrong with our opt-in page? Maybe the opt-in page is hideous. Maybe it doesn't work. Maybe, maybe even worse, you're buying mobile traffic in Facebook and the page isn't doesn't look right. Maybe you've done something to the page. Maybe one of the best things you want to do is have the headline and match the headline on the landing page, the, you know, like the ad. So it follows through consistently. Headline matches landing page. Okay. So if they click the ad, they opted in, but they're not buying. We have to look at it. Did we get enough clicks to determine, you know, if you've got a 1% conversion, it takes 100 clicks to make one sale. You know, so if you've got 50 clicks and you're saying it's not working, you don't have enough data yet. So the next thing you want to look at is maybe the landing page and the sales page. Are those headlines congruent? Is the offer congruent? If they, if it is, you should be getting sales. And a lot of people don't really sit down and try to backtrack it. They look at it and go, oh, well, I'm not, it's not working. They don't have enough data to determine if it's working or not. And that's yeah. one of the big, the big things, especially with beginners. It's like, I got 50 clicks and I didn't make a $1,000 sale. What's wrong with this? It's all a scam. <laughs> but that is, I hate to say that's a bigger issue than people realize. Yeah, we'll hold that thought for just a moment because we will come back and talk about sort of testing and tracking in just a moment. But for now, I want to throw a little bit more jargon out there uh, and discuss how we can actually buy or essentially pay for traffic because there are several models. I mean, there's things like pay-per-click, pay-per-view, pay-per-thousand impressions, pay-per-acquisition, as we spoke about, and many others. What are some of the key considerations to look out for when choosing which model of buying traffic is right? It's really going to depend on what you've got. I know that's kind of a, a vague thing, but from let's just go from a standpoint of I want to buy traffic. The first thing you need to look at is, is the offer acceptable to the network? If it is acceptable, okay, then, then go with it. The reality of it is like a CPA basis. Um, to For a CPA basis, you're really looking at needing a bigger budget. Um, you go to the network, you go, hey, I've got $1,000, give me some CPA sales. It's going to be crickets. Um, and this is the thing. A lot of people, when they're getting started, you don't, know the, you don't know the conversion rate of your landing page, your sales page, your upsells. You don't even know how much money you can truly pay per click. You don't even know how much money you're going to make from the offer to begin with. So the easiest thing to do is to go in and do pay-per-click, cost-per-click, and say, okay, and I'm just going to use round numbers here. If I paid a dollar per click with a conversion rate of 40% on my squeeze page with a 2% conversion on my sales page, could I make money? The biggest thing, the easiest thing to do is do what's called predictive modeling. Um, my wife is an accountant, so she can do this wonderfully, by the way. And if you don't have a, <laughs> a wife as an accountant, you probably aren't as lucky as me. But what you need to have is sit down with Excel or, you know, basically any kind of spreadsheet and go, how much are you paying per click? What would be the best conversion rate of your squeeze page? What would be like the worst case scenario? What would be the average? 
What is the best case scenario for your sales page? Worst case, what do you think the average will be? And you know, model that up. And when you start looking at that, you'll be like, you'll be like, a lot of people will be in shock because if you look at the average and the average across the board, you may discover you can't make money at a dollar per click. You need to get them at least under 77 cent per click or maybe under 50 cent per click. And if you're saying, let's just say that all of a sudden our numbers are horrible across the board, we can't pay any more than 30 cent per click. Once you look at that, that's going to really limit where you could buy traffic at. That, that would immediately rule out Google. 30 cent per click, you probably aren't getting a lot of stuff. So that yeah. may also say, okay, if I can't do Google's search network, maybe I could do Google's display network. So that you know, kind of looks at from a totally different scenario. Can you do display network? If you're looking at Facebook and you realize, okay, I can only pay so much per click, I probably can't, you know, advertise on some of these more popular terms. Maybe you're limited to PPV. So truly, it depends on what you can pay per click. Um, if you can pay more per click, that just opens up a whole new world because then you can say, okay, I can go into Google. I can go into Facebook. I can go. In. It gives you so much more opportunity. But the reality of it is, what can you pay per click? And once you figure that out, and the, the easiest way to do it is just kind of build a spreadsheet, model it, start with pay per click. Once you've got your numbers tuned in, once you've got it optimized, then maybe go to cost per thousand. You can go, but if you say, you know what, looking at what we've got, we would be cheaper. Let's just say we're paying ten dollars per cost per thousand CPM. So what happens? You say, okay, ten dollars CPM. We know we can make two sales or one sale of a $37 product. Those numbers begin to work out. But it's hard to do CPM where you're paying per impression to start with unless you know your numbers already. So to yeah. get started with, go cost per click, then go to CPM. I could almost imagine people's brains clicking over trying to sort of do some of those numbers in their head so perhaps we can actually make available a, a resource or a spreadsheet where people can track that perhaps you and i will have a conversation about that after we finish recording but for now i want to turn the conversation to the media itself because there are a lot more options available now than just the old static banners of the past. There are things like videos, there are interactive banners and a bunch of others too. What are some of the most innovative media types now available to advertisers, Charles, and what are you finding most success with yourself? I tell you, as much as banners have been around, people have discarded banner ads. Truth of the matter is banners are still converting like crazy. And from a retargeting aspect of it, it is a huge opportunity. Another thing to look at is, okay, I went to your site. I opted in. I didn't buy your product. Retarget those people with banners across the web using Google, using AdRoll, using Perfect Audience, using Retargeter. Retarget them inside Facebook because they've been to your site. They've clicked. They've opted in. <coughs> Maybe they didn't buy. Maybe you need to offer them a discount to come back and like finish your checkout. Maybe you need to offer a coupon for free shipping. You'd be amazed at what that can do. Another thing that a lot of people don't realize is the power of YouTube. YouTube, I mean, when you go there and you watch that, and we all like, how hey, many people complain? I got to watch a three and a half second, a five second commercial before I can hit skip on YouTube. That's some crazy traffic because the typical YouTube person is they're searching for something. It's like in, in AdWords, when they're searching how do you cure XYZ, when they're in YouTube, they're doing reviews on products, how to fix something, how to learn something, how to do something, how to remove some sort of pain in their life. So it's a huge opportunity. You know, take advantage of YouTube and you need to, you know, 
basically have an AdWords compliant account and an AdWords compliant landing page and everything needs to be AdWords compliant. But having it AdWords compliant will really open up a brand new opportunity for you to get traffic you never could have even imagined. Um, another thing that you know a lot of people just overlook and as in the internet marketing niche, solo emails are oh, basically beat to death. Oh, and it's not bad because the problem is most people go into the same people all the time and buy the same group of low quality pieces of traffic they can find and go, it's just not working for me. Go to some place like Archimax. Contact, go to Archimax. Um, contact Richard. He's the VP over there. Just say, hey, I, I want to talk to Richard. They can sell you solo emails that are not beat to death, which are double opted in, and that are that people will buy. The first time we used Archimax, um, me and a buddy of mine a number of years ago made we, – we spent like $1,000 for the solo drop. We made about $12,000 promoting something called FAP Robot as a Forex product in ClickBank. We didn't even have a list in that niche. We just went and bought a solo ad to test it out to their financial section and sold the ever-living daylights out of a ClickBank product we didn't even own. And that's, so with that, you can say, okay, I tested it proof positive. So, you know, that's another opportunity that people are overlooking solo emails. If you buy them from the same old solo email sellers that are like, you know, sending five emails a day to their list saying, please click this because it's a free resource. You're you're not going to get a great result. Go to places like Archimax, Newsmax. They will sell you high quality traffic. And yet it costs more than the internet marketing business opportunity people. But guess what? It's a huge opportunity to get quality traffic. Um, another opportunity is like, look at Dagan Smith. He's got a great, he's got a solo ad agency. And those guys have some really good quality traffic. I mean, it's out there, but I think a lot of people are overlooking banners, overlooking native ads, totally overlooking solos and not taking advantage of, you know, YouTube traffic. It's just massive. Yeah, well, we've touched on several topics there, and I think for the benefit of our listener, we'll include some links off to other Traffic Jam episodes where we explore these topics a bit more and also off to any relevant training that you've got, Charles, because it is a broad, broad subject. I want to ask you, though, about testing and tracking because we did touch on it very briefly a moment ago. I'm sure you agree it's critical, especially for paid traffic campaigns where we've got money in the game. What are the key metrics that are important to track and what tools do you use to monitor then analyze those numbers? I think the tools you want to look at are using something like Excel. Um, Most everybody's got it on the computer anyway. Um, Use some type of tracking. Now we use something called Improvely. I absolutely love it. I wish it did more, but I absolutely love it because one of the big things that we're looking at from the standpoint of, okay, did somebody click? Using approval, we can start saying, okay, how many times did they come to the site, visit the site before they opted in? Once they opted in, we're able to track the complete funnel going down. Okay, they opted in. Did they buy? If they bought, how much are they worth? Did they take the upsells? We're able to actually monitor that back down. So we're able to come out. We can break down. Let's just say we're at Facebook and we're advertising for Ryan Dice. Let's just say he's our target. We're able to come back to that after we've run traffic. And we say, you know what? The ROI on the Ryan Dice keyword on newsfeed through the roof. Wonderful. Ryan Dice newsfeed. Check it off is good. The Ryan Dice right hand side ads did not do as well. Ryan Dice mobile devices for Apple did great. 
Ryan Dice mobile for Android, not so good. Using Improvely, we can actually literally break it down that level. We can even go to, was it a tablet? Was it a mobile device? And one thing to look at, a tap, most people have a smartphone. You can go now and AT&T will give you a smartphone if you've got a Pulse. And that's about it. You just need a Pulse. Um, a tablet is still a luxury for a lot of people. You're talking three, $400. We've discovered that by targeting people that have tablets, tablets are more akin to laptops. I mean, you're talking a 10 and a half inch screen versus a probably 11, 12 on a laptop. The people that have a tablet are typically a higher end buyer. They've already spent four or $500 for a tablet. So, and it acts very similar to a laptop from, you know, a mobile display standpoint It's big. You can touch it. It's not small. And because of that, we've discovered those are very high-end, very high-quality buyers. And using something like Improvely, we can come down and say, you know, we can laptop, phone, desktop, newsfeed, right-hand side. You know, you, you're, we're able to break it down to that level, which is huge. Also, from the standpoint of, like, testing and tracking, the biggest issue that is when you're buying traffic, Make sure you get enough data to make sure your stuff is actually accurate. A lot of people think, well, I only need 100 clicks. Yeah, in, in a perfect world, in a perfect theory, you only need 100 clicks to determine everything in life. Yeah, right. You know, get enough clicks to determine, is the opt-in page working? Is the landing page working? Is the sales page working? Is the checkout page working? And what we're doing with, like, Improvely, we also use something called Visual Website Optimizer. I absolutely love it. It's simple, easy to use, and I like it. What we're able to do is like start looking at the key points. What are the key points that could have a huge impact on your business? When I see people in, in using like those, well, but I don't want to get, let me, let me back up. When you see a checkout page, the difference, your checkout page can double your income. You don't even have to double your traffic. All you have to do is double the conversions on your checkout page to go from a one to 2% conversion is huge. A lot of people think, oh, the conversion is totally dependent on the sales letter. It's dependent on your sales page, yes, and it's dependent on your checkout page. Have security seals, have testimonials. Make sure the page works. You would be amazed at the easy money that's sitting down and literally just sitting there waiting for people to optimize those pages. Nana, like, like If you're using the default Nanocast page, there's nothing wrong with that, but Nanocast is an extremely powerful program. You can actually have custom landing pages, custom checkout pages. Make sure those custom checkout pages work. Office Autopilot, Infusion, Nanocast, and you can actually take all those and create custom checkout pages. Another thing to look at, and using split testing, you can determine, you know, does a recap of the offer help people make a buying decision? Does it hurt? Does the security seals in, above the folds help? I mean, start looking at all that. And if you're Charles, I'm using ClickBank. Okay, well, you can use custom CSS and ClickBank to, you know, optimize, make the page look good. You can't really split test a ClickBank checkout page, but guess what? You can. That's where a lot of pe people don't realize you could actually, if you wanted to get down and dirty and really make some money, you could have a single product in ClickBank. We could have product A and product B, product C. Each one could have a different style checkout page. They're all selling the exact same thing. Maybe we're selling the James Reynolds Traffic Jam um, value pack for $97. You could have it listed as multiple products. You could use multiple checkout pages. Maybe even if you wanted to go even you know step further, have it on different accounts. But you can actually split test those checkout pages. 
If you will split test your checkout pages, you will be amazed at the amount of money sitting there waiting to be taken. Another thing to look at is when you're setting up, you know, like, okay, the problem that a lot of people have with their split testing is they're testing the word free product versus new product. Who gives a who really cares free versus new? Those things are very minor. You know, I see people going, hey, we tested the green button, outperformed the red button. And next week, the red button will outperform the green button. The truth of the matter is start testing the things that really make a difference. The offer, the price points, the headlines, you know, those are the things that make a big difference from squeeze page, sales page, checkout pages. Also, with your upsells, a lot of people I find don't are doing no kind of upsell testing. It's like, well, well, they bought now. You make your money on your upsells. You seldom ever make your money on the front end product. Start having Lord forbid, like split testing on where, you know, does this upsell do better? Does the $97 upsell do better versus a $17 upsell? Which one of those converts better? Which one? And it's not about conversions. I see people fall in love with, it's got a 2.38% conversion. I don't care about that. What is the ROI? At the end of the day, I only want to know ROI. If you want, if you want high conversions, have a $1 product. If you want ROI, have a $97 product, a $1,000 product. Look at ROI. At the end of the day, your business doesn't work on clicks. It doesn't work on opt-ins. Your business works on what is your ROI you're generating. So screw all this other stuff of like, oh, you know, you got a 3.58% conversion rate because we've discovered that our highest converting landing page we have makes gives us the least ROI. We get a boatload of emails, not a lot of sales. The landing page we have that gets some of the lowest opt-in rates has an insane ROI because when people are opting into this page, they know exactly what they're opting in for. They're in the right mindset to be shown a special one-time offer upgrade, and it makes a big difference. So, you know, and I think a lot of people make the mistake of going, well, it's all about you know CTR or click-through rates. No, it's about ROI. At the end of the day, that's the only thing you pay your bills with, ROI. And, you know, the reality of it is, and, and you look at it from the standpoint of the average user, they're up here, you know, like I said, split testing the little minor things going, I can't seem to get any big gains. Split test different style landing pages, different headlines, and you'll be absolutely amazed. You know, the same headline on two different style landing pages can make a big difference. You know, when we're split testing out of the gate, we're testing like five different landing pages, the same headline on all of these pages. Which landing page style is going to work best for this particular traffic source? And the problem people have is because it works great in Google does not mean it's going to work in Facebook. If it works in Facebook, doesn't mean it's going to work on mobile. If it works in mobile, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for PPV. You, you have to understand all of these traffic sources are different. Every traffic source has a different mindset. The user's in a different mindset. Every single traffic source they're using. When they're searching for something on YouTube, they, it's a how do I. When they're in Google, they're trying to solve their problem. When they're in Yahoo, they're reading content. Totally different scenario. So with that said, use you know Excel. I can't use Excel. My wife has to because I'm bad at it. Visual <laughs> Website Optimizer. Use Improvely. And the reality of it is get started at the end of the day. And I hear people, Charles, I don't have enough traffic to split test. You're right. And you're not going to ever be able to split test if you don't start buying some traffic and split testing to make it better. So that's my little testing and tracking rant. 
Awesome, Charles. Well, I think that is probably an appropriate point to wrap things up. And because we have covered so much on this session, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to go and explore some of these topics a little further. And I'm sure you find, or sorry, I'm sure you provide a place for people to do that. So let's share where people can go and find a little bit more out about Charles Kirkland. What's that address on the web? The easiest thing to do is go to mediabuyerassociation.com. Um, once you're there, you're, um, the, you're going to see a free course. You can go ahead and click on that. And we provide a seven-day traffic boot camp. And that landing page, by the way, is Google compliant um, and Facebook compliant, amazingly enough. Um, and go ahead and opt into that. And I promise you, we're not going to spam you or anything else. You're not going to get emails from me offering you Vibe or any other magical properties. Um, but we will send you information on how to make money using paid media and how to actually get better at what you do. Good. Well, I'm sure that's going to be a great place for people also to observe what you're up to. So the link to Charles's website will be included in the show notes, along with a whole bunch of other resources mentioned in today's show. And the address for that is trafficjamcast.com forward slash 60. So trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number six zero. So that's it, Charles. I think all that remains is for me to thank you for coming on today. Thoroughly enjoyed today's session. I can also tell you're super passionate about what you do. It certainly comes through in the interview. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. Ah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So there you go. That was Charles Kirkland from the MediaBuyersAssociation.com. Thank you for listening into this episode of Traffic Jam. This was episode 60, of course. We'll be back again next week for another episode. And to make sure that you don't miss out on that show, ensure you're subscribed via iTunes and or Stitcher Radio by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes or trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher. Now, for a direct link to all of the bonuses that come with this episode, including downloadable MP3, full transcript of today's show, plus a special paid traffic calculator that will help you make better decisions around your traffic sources and campaigns, go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 60. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number six zero, where you can also join in on the discussion for this episode. Now, we end the show this week with a traffic jam, of course, chosen by Charles Kirkland. He's gone for a track by Jimmy Buffett, and it's called Margaritaville. So enjoy the track, and I'll see you back here again, as always, real soon. Nibbling on sponge cake Watching the sun bake All of those tourists Covered with oil Strumming my six string On my front porch swing Smell of shrimp They're beginning to boil Wasting away
nothing to show but this brand new tattoo But it's a real beauty A Mexican cutie How it got here I haven't a clue Check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.